my name is Heather Davis. I'm the PTF president, and um, so I get to welcome y'all. We're going to open in prayer, and then we're going to get started pretty quick. So if y'all bow your heads with me real quick, let's get started. Lord, thank you so much for this, this day. Um, God, I thank you um, for your sovereignty um, and your guidance, how you just go before us. You come behind us, and you have your hand on either side of us. Lord, I thank you for, for all that you have provided for, for us. Lord, I thank you for your protection. God, I pray that you just continue to... Um, to protect our school. Lord, I pray that you would just protect us uh, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, Lord, from, from all of Satan's attacks, Lord, in the midst of pandemic and um, just so many uncertainties of life. God, I'm so thankful that we can rely on you and that you are certain and you are true and you are holy and you cannot be uh, moved and you are faithful. Um, Lord, thank you uh, for the, the people who have prepared the, the meal that we're about to receive. Lord, I thank you for LCA and the school that we have. Um, to send our kids to, uh, they can be poured into, that your love is poured into them by these amazing teachers. And I pray that you just continue to, to guide through them, Lord. Give those teachers supernatural strength to make it through the last few hours so they can enjoy their weekend. Lord, I thank you for administration as they continue to make tough decisions. And I pray that you continue to guide them and that they would lean wholly on you. Lord, be with our time, our food, and our fellowship now. Thank you for every one of these ladies, Lord, for, for taking a few minutes out of their their busy schedules uh, just to come and, and fellowship and be with one another. And I pray that you would just bless uh, Jerrica and just um, begin to imprint those words, your words on her heart to speak to us. Um, be with us now. We ask all this in your name. Amen. Um, she is our director of guidance counseling. Um, at the, she's over at the upper school. Um, so she has a hand really throughout the school and, and working and partnering with the lower and middle school as well, but um, if you have high schoolers too, she is a vital part of that program, and we're very grateful to have her. So, Miss Jenny, if you want to come on up. All right. Well, I am just so um, privileged and excited to be with you here today. Um, always so lovely to come to these lunches and get away from the school cafeteria and just have a, a beautiful lunch with you all. So grateful. It's a great crowd we have today, so that's fun. So if, this, if you're new to Eagle Mamas, uh, as counselors, we try to give just, Jerrica's been so gracious to ask us to give like just a 10 minute little talk before she begins to speak. And today Jerrica's gonna speak about mindsets and positive mindsets and why those are important and um, how you can really encourage your family to walk closer to the Lord um, with your mindset. So when she told me about that topic, I was excited because I had just listened to a sermon series. How many of you know Life Church with Craig Rochelle? Does anybody follow Craig Rochelle? It's amazing. If you don't know him, you should look him up. He's really fantastic. But he'd just given a series on mindset, positive mindset. He talked about reframing your mind. Um, I'm borrowing this from, from Craig because it was so good, such a good visual. So. What we know is that the mind is a very powerful thing. And your life moves in the direction of your most, your, your thought, what you're thinking, like your, your thoughts that occur most often. Um, science shows us that there are neural pathways in our minds that are carved out based on how we react to certain situations. So if you have a negative situation and you respond negatively, and then the next time, or a similar situation, you respond negatively again. You begin to carve out these pathways that become the road most taken. And then those become really kind of our default. So we find ourselves going back to what, what we know and what we've carved out. But it is possible 
to reframe things and to, to make a new neural pathway. And that's the exciting part. And I'm gonna to talk to you just about three key points when you're trying to reframe your mind. So the first one is, well actually, before I get into that, so my prop here, here is one picture, and the point is, different people respond differently to different or to the same situation. So one picture, one story, but different people are going to respond differently to this. And here's how this looks as a visual. So I've got a situation, and I'm here. It's the same picture, right? But look where I'm in. I'm in the stormy clouds. God's not in control. It's falling apart. No hope. The enemy, the enemy, the enemy. Or same picture, but I'm here. And there's hope, and I know God's taking care of me. Um, and it's a completely different story, but it's not a different picture. So, three points to illustrate that and to show how you can reframe your mind. And the first one is to thank God for what didn't happen. All right, so I'm going to give you a little quick story for each one. This story, I went to Baylor. How many of y'all are Baylor grads? How many Baylor grads? Sick and fair. Um, my dad had a little private plane that he would fly. Sometimes it was just the coolest thing because he'd fly to Waco and come get me and take me home for the weekend. Like how fun and cool is that? And um, one time, he, I, and I'm from Lawton, Oklahoma. I don't know if we have any Oklahoma girls in here, but yeah. Well, I did hook up after the, after the lunch. But he, he, I had been to Lawton for a visit and he was flying me back. And we landed at the little airport in Waco, and his plane malfunctioned. It was malfunctioning. It was quite obvious. So, hmm, you're not planning for that. But we landed fine, went into the mechanic with the little plane, and that plane was grounded. My dad was stuck. And, you know, for me, I would have been here. Because my dad was a doctor. He was a busy doctor. He had patients all lined up, you know. I would have been thinking my whole schedule, my day, my wow, like this was not in the plan. Um, how much is this going to cost me? When is this even going to be fixed where I can get home? But we got in the car, and this is my dad. And my dad, I credit all of this to my sweet dad, who passed away about a year ago. But you get in the car, as my car was there, so, and he looked at me and he goes, Jenna, aren't we glad? that we get this extra time together. And I get to go see your apartment. I've never been to your apartment. And then you begin to thank God for all the things that didn't happen. So instead of being here, you know, it happened in midair. Oh, it happened in midair. That would have been horrible. It didn't happen when we were still in Lawton. Like I might not have been able to get you home from classes. I'm glad we made it here anyway. It didn't happen when I was at a point in my life where I had no money to be able to afford something like this. So he, he, he taught me for what didn't happen. Same situation, and I'm either here or I'm here. The second illustration is to pre-frame your mind. So decide beforehand how you're going to walk through something. Got a situation thrown at you. How are we going to walk through this? And you could do this as a family. And you do this with your kids. So, 
another quick story. Um, my daughter, my oldest daughter, I have three kids. My oldest one, she's now 31. She was 25 at the time, pregnant with my second grandchild, so excited. And she had the test to determine the deformities of the, you know, they do that really early now, and they, they, they determine that. They also can tell gender from that, and everybody wants to know the gender super early, so, like, I'm jealous we never had that. We always had to wait to actually see the parts, but. <laughs> but you can find out early now. So Amanda went in to have that test to uh, determine boy or girl, and, um, the, you know, the blood work, long story short, it came back and showed that Amanda, at 14 weeks pregnant, you guys, had cancer. My 25-year-old daughter had Hodgkin's lymphoma, and she was 14 weeks pregnant. And I could give a whole talk just on that and God's goodness and grace. But point is, we had to sit down and decide, what are we going to do with this? And let me tell you, there was nothing with this in my mind. I have a grandbaby inside of her. It was a little boy. We were so excited. The grandbaby inside of her. Is he going to make it? What does treatment look like when you're pregnant? Does anyone even know how to do this? Which it was totally uncharted. You know, we went to UT Southwestern and they did the best they could, but they honestly, they couldn't even diagnose it. You know, will she, will she lose weight? Um, because of the chemo. You know, will, will they even live? Like, you, of course you're here. But we sit down and we're like, we're not, we're not choosing that. And she did it, she did it too. She was very strong in her faith and decided, we're going to stay here, Mom. We're going to stay here. And so we began to look for ways to glorify God. We're going to share Christ with every single person we meet up there. Um, she's getting a bone marrow excruciating in there. They're like, do you want to play some music? And she's all, yeah, puts on Christian music really loud. That's going through the halls. We meet a doorman who, who like, valley parked our car every day named Rupert. <laughs> that we went down there for training. Like, we, Rupert would say, bless you, have a blessed day. So we decided, okay, he's our project. You know, hey, Rupert, you go to church. You seem like a believer. Like, you're always, bless you. You have such a smile on your face. Well, I used to go years ago. And, and then the next week. To church this week? You know, we just began to find ways to stay here. I taught sixth grade at the time. I used to teach sixth grade English here at Legacy. My best, most beautiful year ever was the year Amanda had cancer. You know why? Some of you moms are in here that ministered to me. I had never been more ministered to in my life. And those kids ministered to me. And we shared it together. So I, every day I'd go to them and I'd, I'd, I'd um, say, okay, here's our prayer request for the day. And they prayed with me, little prayer warriors. They asked me every day. And we would pray. I learned how to pray then. I learned how to pray. We would pray for things. Like we prayed she wouldn't lose her hair. And that was a bold prayer, but there's just something about dignity and keeping your hair. And so we just prayed for it. And my husband at the time was like, like, she may lose her hair. What are you going to tell the kids? And I'm like, I'm going to tell them that sometimes God says no, and that's okay. And you, you believe in it. Right? So, we never grown so close to the Lord. You've been there maybe in your life before, too. It is here for all intents and purposes, but you are here. 
because you are on your knees daily, and it's 100% relying on the Lord. And there is no sweeter place to be than that. Third illustration, and the last one, um, is to determine, so you've determined, you've, you've predetermined how you're going to walk through it. And the last one, you know, it's, it's leaving my mind. Let me, that's why I have note cards. <laughs> okay, the last one. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, I love this one too. My dad taught, this is what my dad taught me so freaking well. So, train your mind to look for God's goodness in every situation. It's sort of similar to the last one, but I, it has a little twist to it. Train your mind to look for God's goodness in every situation. So here's what my dad taught me. There's always a but. There's always a but. So I walked through a divorce. I'm super transparent about that. I, I did not want that. I never, ever, when I got married, thought I would be walking through a divorce. But it, it's something that happened to me, and I've worked through all that, and it's over now. But at the time, it was devastating. If you've walked through a divorce, you know what I mean. Lived in a big, fancy Frisco house with all the everything. Um, walked through that divorce, and I found myself in the most humble, like, think back to your college days when you were in the crummiest apartment ever, you know? I, I, I was in a little bitty house in Plano. So, here's my mind. Like, I just left this big, fancy world. You know, I've got bills. It's, it's hard. Here, here's where you go to the bed. Big fancy house and now you know. But it is my own. I paid for this. I got bills sitting beside my nightstand that I look at daily because I'm gonna make sure I have enough money to cover them. I've never had that kind of stress. But I have a good job. I have a yard that is, if you keep, it's a little tiny and there's weeds everywhere. It's just, it's, it's, it's impossible. I, I like pretty, I like to sit on the patio. There was no good place like that. But it had a piss, a dog, and that's good. Um, my daughter and I, I have a daughter. We could literally carry each other talk from our beds. We really could. We didn't have to get out of bed to carry on a conversation. <laughs> it was crazy. She was right in the room next to me. I'm not, I kid you not. But we could carry on a conversation from our beds. How sweet, how simple, how amazing that during that time when we just needed each other and needed to be close, we were close. That house was tiny. When I tell you it's tiny, we were on top of each other. Like if I ever had my family over, you know, good luck. It was it was really tiny. But I could plug the vacuum into one plug. <laughs> <laughs> I I promise. And I could vacuum that whole place. And every time I'm like, yes, it was the most awesome feeling. Today, ladies, to just to just ask you, where where is your friend? Where's your neural pathway carved out? Like, where's what's your go-to? Are you here? Do you find yourself here most of the time? Do you go here because you had some importance to you, like my dear dad? 
I go here only by the grace of God and only because I had a dad who lived here. Do you, do you, do you live here most of the time? Raise your hand and just tell me how many children you have. Like, raise your hand. Put your little numbers up. Okay, look at all the kids represented. So here's what I want to tell you. If your frame is here, you've got one, two, three, whatever. Little frames behind you. All living up here in the stormy cloud. And if you choose this one, you'll have two, three, whatever. Little frames behind you. Walking out and seeing. I see the sunny parts. So, that's the illustration. I challenge you to live here. I challenge all of us to live here. And um, that's it. So I'm going to remove my easel. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jenna, Mrs. Snyder. So good. I love it. I love it. I mean, I kind of think that we should just do this the whole time after the year we've had. Like, just have one lunch where we're like, surprise, you just get to talk to each other the whole time. And if you are hugging, then hug each other and, and just enjoy some face-to-face. -face. I, I wish we honestly just dedicated one whole lunch for that, to just pray and um, have conversation about something other than all of the things that you're thinking about right now or that you're normally having conversations about these days. Like, okay, those conversations have to stay out there. When you come in here, we're going to talk to each other about things that are going on um, personally and what God has done, how he's been faithful, what we've walked through this year, because there's nobody in here that wasn't affected in some way by this last year. I'm not saying it was all negative. There's a lot negative for sure. Um, but I'm confident that in that, there is beauty that has come from some of those ashes. And so I just want to encourage you um, to take inventory of your conversations and really think about what am I, what am I talking about throughout the day with people? What information am I taking in? Um, and are those conversations and that information or things we're reading or things we're kind of giving our, our mental energy and our time to, what are those things about? And have I, been, have I been kind of deceived and distracted away from maybe some of the things that God is actually wanting me to think about and talk about and ask people about? Because I think there's kind of been this widespread um, scheme of the enemy to just pull us away from all of the things that God is really wanting us to focus on and do. And so my prayer and my hope inside this room, which is why we have kind of the Eagle Mama checklist, is I just want to encourage us and like help us just to leave maybe some of those hot topic things. You know what they are. I don't really have to go through the list. Like we all know the things that everybody's talking about right now. That, 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 and now that, right? Every day, it's, it's something. <laughs> So I just have been praying that um, we would just kind of start to leave that, leave that behind. Of course, there are things that we need to consider, and there's wisdom and all of that. I, I get it. I get it. Um, but just start to think about that. Be like, Lord, what are you calling me away from, and what are you calling me to, and what types of conversations are you authorizing me to take part in? Um, is this gossip? Am I, am I talking about someone who's never there to be part of the conversation? And if so, then, then maybe he's calling us away from those things. Are my conversations always 
you know, about other people or divisive or whatever. I just, it seems to me, now granted I'm an introvert and I don't have Facebook, so I, I am slightly <laughs> hidden away, if you will, but it does still seem to me um, that the enemy is, is just really trying to um, influence kind of what we're, we're giving our, our, our mental energy to, our spiritual energy, like, like everything. And so um, anyway, I don't even know why I started with that, but that's where I started today. And um, we're casual around here, so I love that you guys were just talking. If you, if you need anything, then feel free to, to get up or, or ask. And um, this is our first Eagle Mama luncheon of the year. Raise your hand if this is your first lunch ever to attend. Awesome. Glad you're here. Yay. So great. My name is Jerrica Olson, and I've been part of these lunches. This will be my fourth year um, to lead these events uh, in partnership with Legacy and the PTF. And you can tell a lot about um, what an organization, an institution, a school, a church, you name it, what they value, um, but what they prioritize. And so I hope you, as a woman, as a mom, feel valued um, today by Legacy that they would hold these events. Um, they even kept them up last year through COVID uh, online, which wasn't super fun for me. It pulled me outside of my comfort zone just kind of talking to a screen. I missed your faces, your nods, your smiles, your feedback. We welcome feedback. I know we're in a country club, and that can sometimes feel like formal and stuffy, but trust me, we're, we keep it real around here. So for those of you who are new, um, just relax and settle in and uh, enjoy today and, and what God has for us. Um, so I don't know if we have it. Yes, we do. Okay. So that's my family several years ago. I'm, my, my boys are both in junior high now, so I'm pretending like they're still that age. So uh, <laughs> that's, those are the days when they were still doing like cars and trucks and like, you know, they still do dirt. I don't know that they ever go out of dirt, but um, now they're in junior high. That's my husband, Eric. We've been married 16 years, and this is our, I believe, seventh year at Legacy. And I remember coming to um, an Eagle Mom lunch. I believe it was in this room, actually. And it probably would have been close to seven years ago. And Angela Paxton, the then uh, guidance counselor, started the, started the Eagle Mom lunches for um, moms of middle school students. And I don't know why there was a need for that then. Clearly, there's not, no middle school moms need any help these days, right? No, just me? Okay. Um, and then they decided to open those up to all moms throughout the school. And when Angela Paxton moved on um, to, to Austin, they asked me to kind of take over. And so I'm honored to still be a part. They keep asking me back. So... I'm grateful for that, um, and it's good to have so many first-time moms here. So uh, every year, let's pray about, you know, God, where do you, where do you want us this year? What, what's the theme, or what, what is it that you want us to, to talk about? And I have no agenda in this, um, so I'm just asking him. And you don't want to know my opinion. So I'm still raising my kids, so, like, this is not a parenting thing like you don't I, the jury's still out like I don't know how this is going to work out like it's very day-to-day -day. 
<laughs> so you don't want me telling you any, I'm not here to give you any advice. Like, I, I actually want your advice. If you could help me today with my parenting, that would be great. Um, but I, I realize that we are all moms and parenting is a big part of the season we're in for most of us. Um, and so that's why I asked the guidance counselors to come and speak into things that I don't, I have no business speaking into yet. So thank you so much, Jenna, for that. That was, that was incredible. Um, but anyway, I, I just asked the Lord, Lord, where do you, where do you want us? And then um, kind of let him guide us. And so last spring, uh, I was reading through um, I was reading through the Bible, and I kind of just do that. I'm kind of just always reading through the Bible, and I love the Old Testament. Some of you are like, oh, great, just hang on, <laughs> hang on. Um, and I read something in, in Chronicles. I know, it's, it's, some of you are about to get up and go to the bathroom with your purse. I can see it right now. I just said Chronicles at a country club. Um, but I was reading through, I was reading through Chronicles, and... Something that I read um, just really jumped out at me, and it was the word, it, it was a verse, and it was talking about King Asa's mother and how he, he had to remove her, or he chose to remove her from the palace um, because of really her mindset is, is why he had to remove her. And I don't know what it was about that verse. Again, I was in Chronicles, and so I don't know how often things in Chronicles jump out at you, but this did for me. And so um, I was just curious about that. I'm like, here's this, this grown man, this king, who removes his mother from the palace. I, and, and I'm just thinking through, like, man, how awkward that would have been. That would have been weird. What, how would she have reacted? And, and I decided to kind of start looking up uh, more information and, and what, what each word meant in the original language, and kind of what I discovered about the word mother when I looked it up, I knew that it was something, and I knew that the Lord was going to um, redefine uh, his idea of motherhood, and we're, we're going to get there in just a second, and I can't wait to, to talk to you more about it, um, but First off, a little a little story, and I'm going to grab one of my props here. Use it. Um, how many of you went to like a I don't know if everyone has curriculum night, but middle school there's a curriculum night. So if you went to like a curriculum night recently, raise your hand. Okay, so it's basically which by the way, both my boys were like, "Mom, curriculum nights on this day." Like every day they were telling me, "Mom, curriculum nights on this day at this time." And finally they were like, Dad should probably go with you too. I'm like, what are you, what are you so worried? You think I'm going to skip curriculum night? Why, why would I do that? We've never been late to school on the first day. I'm always at everything I'm supposed to be at. And th but they both were so concerned. They're like, how about Dad go with you anyway? I don't know. It doesn't. <laughs> it's okay. You can laugh. It's sarcasm and yeah. Anyway, uh, but I went to curriculum night, and my husband did come too. Apparently, I needed babysitting and, and oversight. Uh, but I was listening to the teachers um, talk about the subject that they were teaching and, you know, their expectations and kind of all the things that they had in mind for the year to really set the kids up for success. You know, they're telling a little about themselves and what homework would look like and what different resources they had and then field trips. And, and what I was hearing was, wow, like, 
this is so much more than just science, or this is so much more than just showing up to math with your book and then coming home. Like, this is gonna be, you know, a whole, a whole deal, and I was so glad that I went, because then I can, you know, help my boys and, and, and share with them what the teachers kind of had in mind, which was unto their flourishing. This wasn't the teachers saying, come to curriculum night and I'm gonna tell you all these things because I don't like you and I want you to fail and not succeed and I wanna punish you and this is gonna be miserable. No, they have curriculum night so we can learn their expectations. We can get to know their heart. It's all out of love. They wanna set the expectations so that the kids are prepared and they get the most out of that subject, which is so much more comprehensive, thankfully, since we pay for school, right? It's so much more comprehensive <laughs> than just, oh, all they need to do is just, you know, show up and, and bring their book. It was like, no, success is so much more than what I had in mind. And I was so thankful that they took the time to, to share their heart. And as I was thinking about that afterward, I was thinking about all of the curriculum nights, if you will, that God has had with me in several different areas. Um, marriage, so much more comprehensive. His definition is so much different than maybe what I thought. Um, friendship, his definition, so much more comprehensive than I thought. Love, I mean, there's so many areas of my life that I, I had never let him just, well, tell me what, what you have in mind, because you actually created this. This was your idea, and I know that you want me to flourish. I know you want me to thrive, and so how did you set this up, and what do you have for me to, to set me up to flourish? And so what I felt like he kind of wanted to do with us with me since the spring and me kind of reading these verses and, and letting him show me his idea of motherhood is that he wants us to kind of have a curriculum night with him about motherhood, his definition of a mother. And so that's where, that's where we're gonna be this year. Um, I'll kind of give you a uh, kind of an overview of where we're headed. So. This year's theme is Eagle Mamas Arise. And I get, that, I get that from this verse, and it's in Judges 5, 7. I know, Judges, but just, <laughs> if you need to pat you, if you need to grab your neighbor's hand and just comfort each other, we're, we're all gonna make it, I promise. Um, this is a verse um, about Deborah, and she is, Judges 5 is, is a song of celebration and praise after uh, Deborah led Israel to, uh, to freedom after 20 years of oppression, okay? And here's what she says in verse 7. She says, The villagers ceased in Israel. They ceased to be until I arose. I, Deborah, arose as a mother in Israel. Come on. Yeah, oh, there's more. I'm, <laughs> Lord, help me speak what you want so we're not here for three hours. Amen. So at each lunch, 
we're going to learn more about God's idea of motherhood through the life of Deborah. Yes, from the book of Judges. Judges 4 and 5, just to go ahead and put out all the cards. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about mindset. How does God define motherhood? How have we been mothered and who or what is currently mothering us? So what mindset are we in right now? But also today more so I think he's wanting us to focus on what mindsets we've been influenced by and are currently being influenced by. Because we can't really go there until we start here. So the second um, lunch, which, you know, have to, is it November? November 12th. Some of you are like, judges, I think I'm going to be busy that day. <laughs> Others of you are going to bring friends. It's going to be great. So we're going to talk about what mothers do, more of that, the actions. And there's so many listed in, um, in Judges 4, so many things that, that Deborah did. So it's going to be super practical. What did Deborah do to bring life back? to where life had ceased. What did she do to encourage leaders to lead and bravery in the soldiers to return? What action does God call us to? And then the third lunch will be um, in 2022, and that will, we'll talk about how our actions as mothers influence our family, society, and culture at large, and kind of the result um, of our actions and when we arise as the God kind of mother. So, so that's where we're going this year. And um, I'm going to read this verse, um, kind of backtracking in kind of my vision and goal for each of these lunches. These lunches are for us, okay, us as, as women, us as moms, us as individuals. There are uh, so many things for our kids or so many things that we do for our kids. Our kids are like our life, right? So these lunches, what you're going to get is uh, an oxygen mask, hopefully, to put on yourself before we, so we come in this room and it's like, relax, uh, take a deep breath, leave the to-do list out there, and just let God pour into you, okay, so that our families and everyone else gets overflow. So these lunches are, are for you. And Romans 1, 11, 12 says, for I long to see you. I long to see everybody last year. I don't know about you, but I just long to see anyone. Um, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. And that's my prayer for every lunch. Um, that we would be able to be together and enjoy community. Um, be authentic with each other and have those below surface conversations, which I will try to help facilitate with like table cards every time. Um, and that would be, mutual, be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. And obviously that only happens when we're actually talking about, you know, the real stuff that strengthens our faith. And so uh, that's a little history of Eagle Mama lunches and, and the theme this year and where we're headed. So today, how does God define motherhood? How have we been mothered? And who or what is currently mothering us? What mindsets do we need to depart from? Okay, so I mentioned uh, that I was reading in, in Chronicles, and uh, I was reading about King Asa's mom. And when that verse jumped out at me, and I started kind of looking up what that meant, I knew there was something significant that the Lord wanted to teach me. And so I was looking at some commentaries about that. 
And here's what I found. My ESV study Bible says that uh, the queen mother, which was Asa's mom, the mom that he had to remove because she, was, she made a detestable image, it was idolatry, and he was trying to bring in these reforms to, to have an undivided heart toward Yahweh. Okay, so my ESV study Bible said that his mother played an important role, and this is an adult, by the way, so Ace is an adult man removing his mom, but that his mom played an important role in the household because she advised the king and taught the children. So when I read that, I quickly realized that she represented a mindset, a mindset that permeated through the entire household, and in Ace's case, it was an anti-God, like an idolatrous mindset. And so I felt like, okay, that, that's kind of a what not to do. And it also kind of, again, started to develop this concept of motherhood and, and uh, in our influence and saying, okay, so this is a teacher. This is, you know, someone who is an advisor. And so they're very influential, not just in their family, but beyond. And, and kind of set you know, the mindset. So this idea of motherhood, I kind of started to think about motherhood can represent a mindset that permeates the home and beyond, okay? So then I was thinking, uh, okay, that's a negative example, and the Lord just reminded me, because if I was in Chronicles, it hadn't been too long since I'd been in Judges. Take a deep breath. Yes, Judges. And I remember something about Deborah saying that she was a mother and so then I went to that and I read the verse that I just read you and I'm gonna I'm gonna read that actually for you Judges 5 6 and 7 in the days of Shamgar son of Anath in the days of Jael the highways were abandoned and travelers kept to the byways the villagers ceased in Israel they ceased to be until I arose I, Deborah, arose as a mother in Israel. So I looked all of those words up, like in the original language. And so if you trust me enough to just let me summarize for you what that means. In the days when Israel had silently submitted to their enemies and destinies in life were abandoned. Sound familiar? Abundant life had ceased. Paths were crooked and ways were not aligned. Sound familiar? Leaders refused to lead, bravery failed, and fighting soldiers gave up until Deborah stood up. She stood up a mother, a grandmother, a caregiver, a fork in the road, a parting of ways. So, I read that and was so was so impacted by this and I just want to point out we don't know whether or not Deborah even had her own biological kids okay so right off the bat God is just calling me higher and again saying my idea of motherhood and what I have for you is so much more comprehensive. It's so much bigger than what you maybe have reduced it to or maybe what you've let kind of the ecosystem around you or culture tell you this is supposed to be. Because I just Googled, because um, I was too scared to ask my boys what they thought a mother was. I was <laughs> but uh, 
I, uh, I just Googled, like, what is a mother? And, you know, you get things like, you know, someone who births a child and wants them to be happy, healthy, and successful. Like, it's a lot of things like that, right? I mean, I, I guess that might fall under the umbrella somewhere, but not really. Like, that's not what God says, okay? Um, and it actually isn't even limited to women with their own biological children, okay? So that's, that's the first thing. Um, but the biggest thing in this definition that, and the thing that I really want us to, um, or I think God wants us to talk about this year and to consider and to think about is, uh, and I think I have a slide here, yes. So I didn't want you to have to take my word for it as far as this definition goes because it is, it's so amazing. So I just copied this from kind of the, the logo software that I use when I look up words in the original language mother used both in Chronicles and in Judges. And this final one right here, Fork of the Road, uh, is the one that the Lord has just really blown my mind with. Um, an intersecting point in two different paths as a particular place on a path or a road. So fork in the road, fork in the road. Um, Deborah, a fork in the road, pointing people toward God and to freedom and flourishing. Asa's mom, a fork in the road in, in a negative sense, um, pointing people toward the path of oppression. And I'll go ahead and show you what um, uh, D. Davis came up with, with uh, all of these for the tables. But last week I was on a run, and because it was still 100 in Texas in, I don't know, it, it, uh, September. Yes, it's September. I, I had to stop because I was getting really hot. So I stopped in front of this neighborhood under a tree, and I was stretching. And there was a bush right in front of me, and so I'm like, you know, Pretending like I'm stretching, but really I'm, I'm dying, but I didn't want to be embarrassed in front of the cars. I was like pretending to stretch, you know. And right in front of me on this bush um, was, this, was this stick, and it, it literally was like a, kind of looked like a wishbone. It, it looked like, you know, a fork in the road stick, you know. It was like God just put it right in front of me. And I was like, oh, my goodness, because we had been, been trying to think about, like, what's the visual or what could we maybe put on the tables or send you home with? Don't worry, I'm not sending you home with sticks. It's okay. Um, but, but I saw that and I thought, yes, that's it. So you, you have one on your table somewhere uh, just as a visual. And in case you're wondering what this was, this is supposed to show you the, the fork in the road. Um, but and, and also, the one that I saw was much larger than this, but it was an idea that I had. And so just for your you know, just for, for fun. Um, I had a fanny, yes, I run with a fanny pack. Um, and I was several miles, I was, I was probably two and a half, three miles from my house, but I was like, I didn't know how many more of these I was gonna find. I didn't know how, if I was supposed to bring it today or what. So I, um, I tucked it in to my, it was like, it was this long. So I tucked it in my fanny pack and was like, well, cause I didn't wanna run with a stick. It's like running down legacy, so I just shoved it in and hoped for the best. And I ran all the way home with a stick shoved through my fanny pack. So when I'm running, I listen to music, and um, 
pray, and, and so probably my mouth is moving a lot. So if you were driving down Legacy and you saw a girl running with a stick attached to her fanny pack talking to herself, that was me. But don't worry, I didn't have any Legacy stuff on, so no one's going to. Uh, yeah. So kind of what I was thinking about for today Keep it real simple. I'm somehow out of time. I haven't even gotten where I need to go. This, this point right here. So there's, you can go one way or the other way. Before we can even really think about being the fork in the road for people, pointing them toward God, for our kids, and then everybody else we come in contact with, right? I think some of us, actually today, need to kind of have our own fork in the road where God is putting that intersecting point in front of us today to say, you know what? You've been kind of going this way. Not kind of, actually. There's really, there's, there's really only two ways. We're with him or we're not. And as far as mindsets go, we're agreeing with him or we're not. It's God's way and his definition and then all the others. Like, there's no in between. And so, for today, I think he's saying in the road for some of us. And we can go in a different direction. We can start moving toward him, which is actually the first step in us becoming the God kind of mothers. The first step and then us being able to be part of that intersecting point for other people's lives, including our kids, but not limited to them, right? And so this is today for us, a, a parting of ways. And I'll just share with you, um, this, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from experience here. I have, I have desperately needed uh, those intersecting points, and the most significant one, actually, this is probably the first one that I, I can remember. It happened seven years ago next month. I had been going away from God for probably my whole life. Um, and there's many, many reasons for that. Um, but, but just to, you know, give you a few details, um, part of the reason why I'm involved in jail and prison ministry is because close to 90% of the women who are survivors of abuse, so many of the women were vulnerable as kids before um, they were ever criminal, right? So while I was never incarcerated, I also experienced abuse um, as a child that I, I never dealt with. I didn't even know I needed to. I thought I could kind of just run away from that and, and outrun that. And then in my early 30s, which would be seven years ago next month, God sent a fork in the road. A woman who uh, cared enough to have, just invite me to coffee and have an honest conversation. And it wasn't like you know, I don't know, it, 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 don't put expectations on it, like it has to be this long, it can be one conversation. You could mother with one comment, okay? I mean, she said things like, even just being seen by her was, was mothering, was an invitation to go in a different direction. But just hearing things like, that's not your fault. It's not too late. God's not done with you. There's hope. There's works created for you. God's pursuing you, clearly. Has been 
your whole life. And for some of you, even just being here today, you feel pursued and loved by God. But that was the first time that I experienced that much-needed fork in the road, that parting of ways. And of course, we all want to be that fork in the road. We all want to be that fork in the road for our kids and, and, and you know, for other people around us. But before we can be that, we first have to experience that. And after 2020 especially, I think that a lot of us are in the place where we, we, really, need, uh, we really need to do what, what Asa did. And that is recognize the mindsets that we've allowed in the house and remove them. And remove them. So the two biggest things that um, I, I see right now, because I was just praying, I'm like, Lord, what is that? What is that? So, and we've already kind of talked about one of them, but maybe the two biggest things, real quick, uh, distractions and a divided heart. Or I'll just say it. I know we're in a country club. Idolatry. Those are the two biggest um, things that I kind of see right now that have permeated our mindsets. So distractions, so current events, justice, politics, fear, self-protection strategies. You know, we talked about what are your, most of your conversations about? What are your daily efforts going toward? What are you consuming in the media? Jesus invites us into his rest to fight only in the battles he calls us to fight in the way that he tells us to fight. So I'm reminded of uh, Jesus in the storm. So sorry, I'm going over. I will not be offended if you have to leave. Um, I'm reminded of Jesus in the storm and he's sleeping and the disciples are really freaking out and, and I'm not judging him for that. I mean, it was a life or death situation, right? But I just think like, what if they would have asked Jesus, what are we supposed to do? We're, you know, there's a storm and, and, and we're, we're going under. And, but, his, but his words that he told them before they even got on the boat were, we're going to cross this body of water. Like that was his word. So I would, you know, he probably would have been thinking like, well, I told you this. Why would you think that changed based on the circumstances around you? But also when they're saying, what are, what are we supposed to do? I, I have to think he probably would have been like, well, I'll move over. There's, there's come sit by me. But what would that have looked like to the people that were, the other men that were on the boat that thought they were going to die? And they're, they're busy doing, doing, throwing the water over, like, what a strut, you know, freaking out. And then you have someone pull up and carry next to Jesus and sleep. You're not helping. But, but Jesus said that we're going to make it. And he he actually said, the best thing that I can do is to sit by him right now. It's different. But we get distracted. We feel like, ah, we've got to, but we need to ask him. And I'm not saying there aren't things we need. I mean, I know there are things that he wants me to do. I know there are things justice-wise, like I'm in the jail, I'm in the prison. Like, I know there are things he, I know there are battles that he wants me to fight. But that's why we have to stay focused. So we need to remove the things that are distracting us and then go this way and let him uh, fix our gaze on him and let him uh, restore focus into our lives and rest. And the second thing, um, a divided heart or idolatry. 
So what gets you up in the morning? What has the power to totally ruin your day if that thing is not going well or right? What triggers are you most vulnerable to? What are you prioritizing over daily abiding with Jesus? Those are just questions that I ask. Like, I'm not asking. This is all from personal experience, y'all. But some of those questions can kind of help give us clues to the things that are causing our hearts to be divided. And he's calling us into an undivided heart, eyes fixed on him. And 2020 exposed, well, 2020 exposed pretty much all my idols. I don't know about y'all. So control, a predictable life through my schedule that I choose, activities, kids' activities, success, achievement, comfort, relationships, health, uh, God exposed and quite frankly, uh, discredited all of my idols and showed me what can be shaken, okay? So he's calling us away from those things, away from a divided heart, away from anything that we put above him. And he's saying, listen, there's there's only two ways. There's only two ways. So here we are at this point, and we face a similar choice to what Asa faced, and that's, do I, do I let it permeate? Do I let it fester? Or do I remove it? Do I abandon it? Do I turn aside? Do I change direction? Drag off, abolish, reject? Those are all uh, words that um, are consistent with what that word remove means. So practically, just think about that. What do I need to turn aside from? Maybe some conversations, maybe some social media. Is God calling me to change a direction, or to abandon something, or to drag something off? I love that. Like God gives us permission to just drag some things off, just drag it off, or to reject. Are the influences you are allowing in feeding distraction and idolatry or pointing you toward Jesus, which is unto flourishing. So the mindsets that are influencing you, the mothers, if you will, where are those pointing you? And what adjustments do you need to make? Because we're adults like Asa. And it's not just you're born with the, the mother that you get anymore. Like now we get to pick. We get to pick what mothers us. We need to be selective, and God is so good, and he brings people into our lives. Many people he's brought into my life are are here today. I've been mothered by wonderful people. Some of my women at the jail will say, you know, they didn't grow up with parents who were around, but they'll say, but I, but I had siblings, and we, we mothered each other. We raised each other. That's the call. Like, we get to help raise each other, to be mothers, to be forks in the road, to be intersections for each other. So who or what mindset is mothering you? Is it a Deborah mindset or an Asa's mom? And I'm saying Asa's mom because I do not know how to say her name. It's Maka or Meka. I have no clue. But is it Deborah or Meka? Today there's a fork in the road. One way leads away from the Lord and the other toward him. Which way will you choose? What are you willing to do to go toward the Lord? Because there's no in between. There's his way of thinking and then all the others. And this is the necessary first step 
in becoming the God kind of mother. And so this year is going to be all about Eagle Mamas Arise. Heather, thank you.